0: This is the Walk the Walk podcast with me, Haley Morgan. This podcast challenges me. I mean this particular episode. This one today. This challenges me. I interviewed Evie Hepworth, who has two adorable little children, Birdie and Asa. And I mean, check out her Instagram. Go ahead. You can do it now. You can multitask. You'll see how scrumptious they really are. Here's the rub. Eb's son, Asa, has Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. The Muscular Dystrophy Association describes Duchenne as a genetic disorder characterized by progressive muscle degeneration and weakness. It's caused by an absence of dystrophin, a protein that helps keep muscles intact. Symptom onset is in early childhood, just right where Asa is right now. If you follow E.B. at all, you know she's an adamant believer in God's ability to heal. She believes he does, he is, and he will heal. That healing is in his very nature. When I wrote Preach to Yourself, it was prompted by this wriggling little thought that I had an integrity gap in my life. That what I said I believed and what I proved I believed with my life were maybe not as closely aligned as I would have liked. And here's where I admit something almost embarrassing. My integrity gap in God's healing is more a canyon than a gap. I believe he can, and I want to believe that he will. But sometimes if I'm totally, completely, vulnerably honest, my faith is weak here. But listening to Evie's story helps reinforce the good news that God does still heal, that he can heal. This is the best kind of calling up, the kind that spurs you on to close the integrity gap, to move your lived beliefs, even just footsteps closer to your declared beliefs. How might my thoughts and my actions change if I believed that God really was a healer? that he really still heals all the time, that he wants to heal, and that he will heal. Evie talks a little about this toward the end of today's podcast.
1: initial, um, like falling in love with Jesus and just actually realizing that he wasn't this mystical, mythical, uh, like superhero, but he was mm-hmm. actually this real God and this real man that came to love me. And so, um, I was raised growing up, going to church and, you know, and come from a really great family, but in the the season of college, like so many <laughs> of us mm-hmm. just kind of was like, you know what, I just want to do my own thing. So, uh, I think the most intense, I guess I would say, moment of like a come to Jesus moment, I, there was um, a Lisa Bevere conference at the church at the church that I was attending in college. And I remember somebody, I played soccer in college, and somebody on the track team invited me to this conference. And everything in that season was, mani- like, I, w- I was just an excellent manipulator. Mm. And I remember I had gotten in an argument with um, the guy that I was dating, and I remember driving away from his house listening to Taylor Swift, being the dramatic person that I am. And I looked and I saw the invitation to the conference and I was like, you know what, just so that my dad's proud of me, I'm going to go to this conference so then I can call him and tell him I went to church. And it's a really, really long story, but that was my whole heart. Even I sat in the very last row far left. So then when the second somebody asked to pray for me, I could leave You know, being raised in the church, you know how it all works, you know, you know, like, and so I was like, I'm, the only reason I'm going in is to kind of like punch a hole so I can tell my dad so then he can rest at night knowing that I went to church and just feeling like I'm, you know, like still his good girl. Yeah. And, um, and so long story short, um, Lisa ended up preaching a message and it's one of those ones where you're like, wait a minute, she's reading my life story. Wait a minute. You know, (laughs) like. And I always tell people, I'm pretty sure I almost tore a hamstring. I sprinted to the altar so fast when she asked, you know, (laughs) like there's just in here that just could, you know, has been kind of lukewarm or whatever. And I just, something happened that night. I, I remember just weeping in worship and it was like, you can't manufacture or like, like nothing about it was fake it was such a real experience of peace and that's what's so amazing is the prince of peace really does transcend our understanding there isn't mm-hmm. there's no counterfeit for it and so even when you're not living in a way he somehow come in and comes and intervenes and just you know brings peace to your anxiety brings like in that moment of worship you're like wait a minute I'm actually this is what I'm made for Yeah. and so anyway um yep Pulled a hamstring, basically responding so quickly, and honestly, that I had a moment. It was like that shifted everything. That was my sophomore year of college, and I broke up with my boyfriend of three years at the time. Literally, was like, I just, I have to know more about this. Like, I can't afford to not have peace in my life. I'm like, my natural tendency is very anxious, very ner- like overwhelming, wanting to please everyone. Just yeah. you know, like, and so uh, that was kind of like the bait for me was like, wait a minute, there's a king of peace that can, can, you know, be the master of my mind. Okay. I'm fully in. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. I, I think that is that thing. It's like, you can't make it happen on your own. At least I, so I didn't grow up in a Christian home at all. I also did the manipulative thing. Like I went to youth group with my best friend so that her Christian parents would think we were good kids so we could go out and drink. Like Totally, yeah. totally, and I mean, my parents could not yeah. have cared less, but her parents at least would think we were good kids. Yeah. And through that, I kind of started hearing about God, and I would say I went through, like, 18 months of, like, wanting to want to understand it and, like, wanting my life to change, but no matter what I tried, I couldn't muster it up on my own. And, like, right. I believed that there was a God that created me, but I still couldn't quite wrap my head around this Jesus idea. And that, uh, right. like, where, I don't understand, like, where does this play a part? Uh, and yeah. I had a moment in worship, too, where it was just like everything clicked. And it's kind of yeah. like that C.S. Lewis quote where he talks about his conversion and he's like, I started mm-hmm. out riding my motorcycle yeah. to the zoo and I wasn't a believer. <laughs> yeah. And then I was. And it's totally yeah. bonkers. Like, I couldn't have made it happen if I wanted to. And yet, it's this totally supernatural, but also totally real um, response. It's so interesting. Have you had moments like that since that, like, conversion kind of moment? Oh, my
1: gosh, yes. Like I said, my flesh, my natural tendency. And that's what's so, I, I, you know, obviously I love social media because it is so amazing. You know, like, I mean, I wouldn't know you if it weren't me. I have so many amazing people and I'm so inspired by it. But I I am so frustrated with it because Mm -hmm. I, even that natural fleshly desire mm-hmm. to try and um control the way people see you is so in us and it's so in me you know yeah. and just being like okay hey, what am i going to share what am i not going to share and it's funny cuz we pretend like we're the most vulnerable generation but it's like we're actually there's still to an extent some we're still controlling what we're being vulnerable over if that makes yeah, sense and it's so
0: almost uh, like it's <laughs> almost like crafted like
1: Yes. Well, yeah. yeah. It's it's tricky. It's such a weird. Um... And somehow in the goodness of God, he uses it and people are so touched and it's amazing, but that's kind of, it's hard for me because I have so many moments people, you know, and I know you probably get this too. People send your messages. Oh my gosh, how do you stay strong in your son's diagnosis Mm -hmm. or this, or, you know, and X, Y, Z. And you're like, okay, I totally get that you think I'm strong, but if you saw the moments where I'm on the shower floor crying, or if you saw the moments of me looking in the mirror with a shirt feeling insecure, or if you saw, you know, like, then you might not like, I just. I hate how sometimes Instagram will take out the human in us. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I just, I'm so, I want to see that restored, especially me. I did, I'm guilty of the same thing. I'll look at people and be like, dang, she is so confident. I just, I really love that. So as far as come to Jesus moments, I, every single day, I feel like, you know, it's like I'll have, um. Like that's really what's so special about the Holy Spirit is he's able to come in and like really, like lately my prayer has been like, okay, God, if I actually am going to be a woman of peace, then y- your word says that the pe- your peace is my guard, which means anything that's not peace has to penetrate through this guard, this gate of peace, which means like it, ha- it has to go through that. I have to give it permission to go through this. And so Lord, like show me what it looks like to actually guard, like what is coming into me? What is, if that makes any sense. So yeah. Um, uh, gosh, there's so much. And even last night, my husband and I were talking so late, and we were talking like for right now, what I feel like God's doing in my Spirit is, um, and I had this long conversation with my best friend yesterday talking about like just uh, friendship and how like that's a conversation God is really wanting to stir right now with our generation. Like, what yeah. is, friendship and, mm-hmm. what is uh, friendship and what is godly friendship and what does confrontation with friendship look like and what is actual feedback? Everybody pret- pretends that they operate in a culture feedback, but they don't actually, and it's a hard, you know, tension to execute mm-hmm. and not still criticizing. And so, anyway, last night, my husband and I were talking. And I was saying, like, right now, what I feel like when I come to Jesus, you know, quote unquote, like, experience right now is I can feel God, um, like, building this deep, deep inner trust in me, like, for Him, if that makes Mm. sense. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of, um, like, you know, I think we measure our life on this, like, timeline of, like, okay, um, I went to college, then I got saved, then I met my husband, then I, you know, became a wife, and then I became a mom, and that's kind of how I, like, measure my life. and. Mm -hmm a lot of those things even with adoption we were saying you know we're 21 months of adoption adopting two kids having to live in africa all of that yes it required trust absolutely but that is like a principle of god's kingdom adoption and so in a in a way God just was all over it because that's his heart. But when it comes to like my heart of like, okay, God, do I trust that you're the God of peace and that you actually are going to master and like, you're the master of my mind. Okay, Do I actually trust that you will provide financially? Do I actually trust that the dreams that you've put in my heart are you and not an egotistical attempt of creating this self-made platform? Okay. And am I trusting? And it's like, I feel God really like taking out so much, so many weeds and just being like, I'm building such a deep, deep, ruthless trust that Mm -hmm. at any moment, E.B., I could ask you to do anything. And because this deep foundation of trust is being built right now, you will be it'll be just instinct to say yes. It'll be instinct to be obedient because my piece is kind of like the compass. My piece is the navigation system. So for me, that's honestly (laughs) like kind of the the current and just honest and raw um, moments, the the conversations that I'm having with with Jesus. That's (laughs) so good. Okay. So just
0: because I'm trying to suss out what a practical faith, like what that actually looks like. Tell me about yeah. how you experience when God is maybe kind of putting a message in your whole life, like when he's kind of moving you in a direction, what is that like for you?
1: When he's moving me in a new direction of yeah, like a dream or, well, or something
0: or a new thing to obey or a new yeah. kind of as he's looking for obedience or as he's looking for, yeah. um, or even guiding you, like, how do you perceive what he's doing?
1: Yeah, that's really, really good. Well, I've, um, this year has really been like recently, the very practical way of me being able to like, okay, God, are you in this or is this kind of my own little idea, yeah. is um, I have been in the Word more than I ever have in my whole life. This yeah. year, every single year, I attempt to read the Bible in a year, and I always end by like mid-February. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's just, you know. You're in like Leviticus. And so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm like, wait a minute. So this year, I've actually stayed up to date every single day. And it is, it's funny because you know, even in the, just in so many different seasons, you know, as a Christian, oh, wow, the word really is, you know, like it is the Holy Spirit in a book. It is, you know, but then when you're actually reading it and when you're actually like, for me, I've never, until this year, and I'm going on ten years of being, you know, deeply in love with Jesus. I've never actually read the Bible, and then taken fifteen minutes to meditate on what I just read. Ever, yeah. I've always been so go 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 that I just read, and then my um, almost like excuse of meditating is, oh, I'll meditate in the car. Yeah. Um. You know, and it's like I've this year actually putting into practice. Okay, I'm gonna read this, and then I'm gonna meditate. I'm gonna and like me trying to pick out the busyness of the day or like. I'll be sitting in a room and I'm like in my head I'm supposed to be praying but I'm actually redesigning and how, what I want to put <laughs> on the walls or what I you know like right. or what am I for today but like this year putting into practice okay God what is in your word and then how am I going to meditate on it and so that's been uh, you know and it's it's actually crazy how much the bible will relate to your everyday thing like yeah. to your everyday like okay God are you in this are you in this and so I'm in a, a big transition season God is Breathing a lot of dreams that I've been like just digging into and just prayerfully considering for years, and I'm actually starting to like walk out. And each day, at the, like in the midst of having to make a decision towards a big dream, or or you know, I'm building this new ministry. right now every single day, I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, God, if the product of this yes is an orchard of your fruit then yes, I'm all in. But if there is any type of product of like, if I'm making a decision, I'm like, gosh, I just don't feel like there's a lot of fruit in like my spirit in response to this. Then I'm like, okay, no, no, nope. yeah. I'm just going to have to learn how to say no. And so like a very practical, I just look around. I'm like, does my life reflect an orchard or not? And if it doesn't, then great. If it, <laughs> then yeah. I have to move forward. If has awesome and it's amazing how even within the word he always confirms things and then when you're meditating and he you know it's that's actually amazing how the holy spirit will literally talk to you if you're quiet enough to listen yeah
0: that's <laughs> and for so me good. i'm not
1: so quick to be quiet so i'm like okay teach me how to be quiet so then i can actually hear the voice of my father yeah and believing that
0: he will like i think that's yeah. in preach yourself in the book i just did i i it really was born out of this place of me really realizing, like, I know the things. I, be- I know them in my head, but I really, when you get down to brass tacks, like, is it reflected in my life? And right. not in a to-do kind of way, not in a strivy or legalistic kind of way, but mm-hmm. is this goodness that I profess to believe, am I... Is it undergirding my whole life? Am I living from a place yeah. of that? All of that. Yeah, and that's so good. I think it's like a similar thing to it's, it's, I think sometimes we just think because we know it that that's enough. And sometimes I yeah. think like just thinking about the Lord is enough. <laughs> um, because totally. Yeah. And it's I like, It's like, well, I mean, kind of. But it's like if I think about running a marathon, that doesn't like actually do it. Or even if I think about (laughs) loving my kid, like I think he's the greatest thing ever. But if I'm not actually, if I don't know him in in an intimate way, it's all kind of just a mind exercise. Totally. That's so good. Back me up a little bit because I don't fully know the story about... Your kids, you being in Africa, all of this. So tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. So um, my husband and I started the adoption process. I was only 23 and I'm only 26 now. I still feel like I'm 16. I feel like you stopped growing up after that. But um, we started the adoption process very, very young. We're only married a year and three months and our process was 21 months long and, uh, we adopted from Liberia, West Africa. And at the time we helped start a ministry rescuing girls from human trafficking in the Philippines. And so we had, we worked for them a little bit over five years and, um, we both are still super involved in the ministry and help and, um, just, we love it. So anyway, um, in the adoption journey, we never were planning on adopting to, um, And a a lot of adoption, like grants and applications and a part of the process, they ask if you're open to special needs and every single one, the box checks qualified or not qualified. And every box we checked unqualified, I was like, you know, there just has to be special grace on someone for that. I just don't think that's, you know, on me. And so long story short, um, the process, the opportunity came where we could go to Africa with a certain, um... You know, we had, and once they were legally ours, but we still had paperwork that we needed to be able to bring them home and actually officially adopt them. So mm-hmm. after praying, we just felt the Lord say, go over there and get a one-way ticket. And, you know, and all the other adoptions, because Liberia, it's the fourth poorest place on the planet. Uh, it's a non hague country. You know, Ebola yeah. broke out. They have a civil war. I mean, it's a, a very, very... Um, just intense nation. Uh, all the other adoptions that had been taking place, like one of them was nine plus years. Well, and word. the other one that was most recent was five years. So as long as like, as far as we were concerned, we were moving to Africa for an extended period of time. Yeah, And the Lord knew my heart. Like I, Africa is definitely, place I feel like the Lord's promised me uh, in general. I just, I, I love so much of it, but I wasn't trying, I wasn't in my heart like, oh, we're moving there for the rest of our life. So it took a lot of like deep, deep trust of like, okay, God, I trust you. We're going to, we have no idea where we're going to live. But so we went there and we ended up only being there for three and a half months, which was a miracle because all the other, you know, processes had been years. And so, um, we got matched with two of our kids. Our son was deathly ill. So he got, was, he was with us first and he was only 10 months old. And they had no idea what was wrong. Um, he had been diagnosed with hepatitis B, pneumonia, um, malaria monthly, which is really common there, um, measles. I mean, he had just about everything. And when they handed him to us, he could he could barely even lift his head. He was just so sick. Mm-hmm. And so we knew um, things were wrong, but we, as far as we're concerned, he was just healthy and it was just a, you know. Like getting it was just better. With his living yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we had no, you know, we were like totally just, assuming he was healthy and then our daughter, um, we got her a couple weeks later and it, just, the journey of attachment with her was a, a big, big struggle. And, mm-hmm. um, but we finally ended up coming home and after tons of tests, about four or five months after being home, we got ACEs diagnosis and, um, with Duchenne muscular dystrophy and it's a terminal genetic, um, disorder, which basically at- eventually all of your muscles just break and then mm-hmm. it attacks your heart. And so, um, it was just so interesting because I feel like I, I, a lot of people probably feel like this, but it's like, if it's going to happen in the 0.1%, then it's, then somehow it happens to you. And I feel like throughout my whole life, it's been like, oh no, that would never happen. And then somehow it's like, wait a minute, this is really happening. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I just never, ever expected, um, you know, (laughs) that to be a part of our story. And it's just been so sweet the way that the Holy Spirit is, he actually, like I'm learning, he actually is close to the brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I will read these things and I'm like, oh, that's such a beautiful thing. And I like probably really brings a lot of comfort to someone going through something like, you know, right, like, I read I'm it so glad this, for them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like this fuzzy, like far off thing, mm-hmm. but I'm learning in actual pain and in actual seasons of like, I actually like this freaking hurts, God, mm-hmm. like I'm being real. Like, this is really tough he somehow in his grace comes down and speaks to you. He gives you people that will speak to you. He gives you a song that somehow like heals you that you didn't even realize, you know, like it's actually crazy how intimate he really is. And so uh, with Ace's diagnosis and with our adoptions, that's just something like we are really, really believing. If he really is close to the brokenhearted, if he really, really is who he says he is, we are really believing that he's going to keep shepherding us through every single season so we're believing that I mean we have doctor's appointments in Boston we're seeing the best doctors there's a lot of research going on and we know that he in in just one breath he could be instantly healed Mm -hmm. and so that's what we believe so we started a huge hashtag called Asa is healed and we're just believing that the power of the cross actually is the power of the cross and um, he's just so special it's amazing his name in um, Hebrew means healer, and we had no idea,
0: Yeah. and
1: um, he just, every single time anyone sees our son, they're like, he is so sweet, like, that's the first word everyone says, he's the sweetest boy, and I'm like, I know I'm telling you the boy, <laughs> he has opened my heart in such a way, I can't explain it, which I, I know all kids do, but there's something so special about our Asa, yeah. and then our birdie is just a revivalist, she's, like, going around telling everybody about <laughs> I love Jesus it. and singing. So yeah, I have really, really special kids and our adoption journey was, uh, really, really wild and God used it in really, really crazy ways. And someday I'm going to write a book about it. (laughs) I love it. I love it.
0: Please do. I'll be the first one to like cheer you on. That's (laughs) so good. Um, okay. So how long have you been home with them?
1: Yeah, we came home uh, a year at the end of last September. So just a little over a year.
0: That's so exciting.
1: That's so exciting. Uh,
0: Um, okay. So what does church community look like for you guys? So you kind of have your, your thing in the Philippines, then you go to Africa, you're back in the States. What does
1: church life look like for E B and Zell? I love that And and Yeah, that's so good. (laughs) We are a part of a new church plant that just started two years ago. It's here in Boise and it is, um, you know, like Church is just hard to execute. I'll be honest. Like church is, um, it's such a touchy water. It's such a, you know, like, um, it's hard. It's hard to do well. And our church, I have never seen, and I'm sure a lot of people that love their church say this, but I've never seen a church actually when they actually say that we operate as family that they actually execute that yeah it is amazing every single week our our pastor is one of our best friends he's super young but like the way that he communicates and the way that he gathers community and the way that he is on mission in our city and internationally like it is absolutely crazy. And so do we go to church every single Sunday? No, because some days, you know, I just need to stay home or laundry or just, you know, there are right. natural things that come up. But our church, uh, River House, has honestly, it's brought so much healing to, to our family. It's brought so much, um, like, you know, they really, really share in the platform of intimacy and they like the secret place and um, the way that they talk about hard things. And it's just absolutely crazy. I, there's actually been so many people follow me on Instagram that, um, will just reconnect and say, Hey, like I want to come to Boise and visit your church, blah, blah, blah. And, and then they actually end up moving to Boise for <laughs> our church. Like, That's and I'm amazing. like, Oh my gosh, Lord, like it's crazy the way that people are literally like moving for this. And so, yeah. Um, I don't know if that answers the question yeah. well, but I'm really grateful for our church and, and the group of people at it. Okay, so you said that it
0: shares in the platform at intimacy in the secret place. Unpack that for me.
1: Yeah, that's so good. I wish that I could link um, our podcast. Well, even I just, can. Uh, I can put that <laughs> in the show to. notes. Good. Yeah, you'll have to do that. Okay. Um, so, even just this Sunday, um, it was so powerful because he was talking about his name's Jordan Verner, and he just came out with a book called Humility's Cry, and it is. Unreal, amazing. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. um, there are just some communicators that I and I don't say this lightly. Like he is such an unreal communicator of the word of God. It is shocking. Like just That's beautiful. So, cool. so you'll have to include that on yeah, here. But I will. Um, yeah. So this Sunday he was talking about seeing things through God's vision, and you know when Peter is like, no, like he, you know, basically tells Jesus, no, you can't say that you're going to die. Why would you? say that. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. And he talks about the entire, he just went through, gosh, probably 25 passages where when you actually see things through God's vantage point, like how how crazy it is and how you only can be able to see from his vantage point when you're up close and intimate with him. You know, you, you have to be up close. You have to be in that quiet place. You have to have that. You have to know if you're going to know your shepherd's voice, you have to spend enough time with him to be able to recognize it when it's spoken and when you hear it. But, mm-hmm. And so I am totally butchering his message because he's mm. so much more eloquent and poetic. <laughs> but Um, And that's why this summer I preached at a conference and um, my whole thing kind of even flowed from that. And kind of what our church has really been talking about was um, like the secret place that is the birthplace of all creativity. That is the birthplace of your influence. That is the birthplace of your most significant name as a child. Like the, the, the secret place is like It it is so (laughs) special, and it is so amazing how when I don't have the secret place in me, when I don't have that hidden—and when I say secret place, I mean just getting alone and really alone, like alone with the alone, Mm -hmm. alone with quiet, alone with, you know, obviously Jesus. It's amazing how all of a sudden your role is—you're not—your name isn't wife. Your name isn't Hmm. mom. Your name isn't preacher or author all of a sudden, the most significant name to you is daughter. And the amount of confidence that comes over in that and the amount of just like hope that you're like, wait a minute, that's actually like my most honored position. It's crazy how I never have left the secret place feeling anything but thankful or grateful or, you know, like hopeful for my future and thankful that God has rescued me and redeemed me. So, um, yeah, I just, I think that, the art of finding the secret place is a very lost art in our generation because mm-hmm. we are so, you know, technologically and just always doing things and always have music on and all this. But like when somebody can execute the art of finding this secret and hidden place with God, mm-hmm. the most amazing, amazing <laughs> adventure of your life has started because you're actually being able to like start your journey of, of knowing like who's you are, you know what yeah. I mean? And every single you got to start it over. Yesterday's doesn't count. It's a whole new day. Like C.S. Lewis has a quote about that too. Like, um, yeah, I'm just starting to babble now. So you'll probably. No, that's <laughs> like, so good. I love it. I yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. So the way that you described that, the way that you kind of embodied those words, it feels exciting. It feels like being spurred on and called yeah. up into something. Yeah. How. Something I've struggled with since being a believer and I think grown so much in as I've come to the end of myself and really needed the Lord, when I've come Mm -hmm. to the Lord like hungrily, that's when I have known him, but there's been those seasons, those dry seasons where it feels like a duty or like a chore. Mm -hmm. And the easiest thing for somebody to do is say, have you been in the word? And it's a prescriptive, like just go do that and then it's going to be better. (laughs) So how as a generation of young women, how do we promote the idea of finding that secret place with the Lord of meditating on scripture and all that without the tinges of legalism or um, obligation right and how do you kind of walk that balance and I'm thinking like accountability in general um, but specifically about this issue how do we spur one another on Um, and I have my own thoughts about it but I want to hear yours first
1: I think that's what's so, so sweet about God is that, um, we like the secret place, of course, sometimes we just assume the secret place is on our couch with a cup of coffee uh, with, you know, whatever. But that is what's so sweet about the secret place. The secret place can be running. The secret place can, like uh, John Wesley, his wife always says his secret place, his wife's secret place was that she her uh, she would put her apron over her head and that was her secret place. She had like 16 kids, something crazy. And so she would say that is how I would find my secret place is just throwing my apron over my head. So then I just didn't see anything and I could just get my mind straight. And that's what's so amazing. The secret place can be, like, it's not this um, black and white or, like, you have to have your Bible there. Like, God, yes, of course, of course, in the Word and, you know, and all that. And sometimes, you know, there's been seasons where I'm like, you know what, as crazy as this sounds, I feel like God is actually asking me just to go for a walk. It's, It's crazy, but, like, He actually just wants to, like, walk with me and he, and I can just be quiet. I don't have to sit there contending for victory or contending for breakthrough or, you know, vision. And so that's, what's so amazing in different seasons. I think it's almost like miracle grow. Yeah. Um, you know, like things will grow, you can have grass and it'll grow with rain and all that. But when you add miracle grow to things, they start to grow. And in some seasons and you know, and I, I, I'm sure a lot of people will listen to this and you'll probably get a lot of emails. And in some seasons I don't always feel like I'm like, if I just read the Bible for X amount of time, then that is my miracle grow. Yes, right now in my season, that's my miracle grow, but not in all seasons, if that makes any sense as far as – like my go to strategy. In some seasons I'm like, oh, God's asking my miracle girl to be a leadership book. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm reading um, Donald Miller's The Story Brand and it is amazing. And it's amazing how much God is speaking to me through it. And some seasons it's like, God is just, my miracle girl right now is community. Or, you know, and so as far as like accountability and the secret place, I think it's um, like, I think the as far as like practical steps, the first thing the secret place usually doesn't like, it just means a secret meaning. You're in a place uh, inviting God into it. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean um, what we always create it to mean. if Makes yeah. <laughs> any sense? And so it we really get to does. invite Him into the ordinary moments, and all of a sudden, by inviting Him into the ordinary moments, they became holy moments because we've actively invited Him. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you know, I, as far as accountability, that's a really great question, and it probably it stirs me to be like, who's keeping me accountable? That. I'm actually pursuing the secret place. You know, right. obviously my husband will, he'll be, he'll say things, but you know, it, I think that we need a little bit more of our like community involved. I feel like that would probably be, um, like propane or not propane. Is that the right word? Or gasoline to all feeling our intimacy with him. But that's good. Yes, I don't know.
0: It's a, I have been struggling with it since I Really came out of college and came out of an atmosphere where everybody wanted to hold each other accountable all the time. Uh, yeah. And it was yeah. like such a checklist and such a like five questions. And totally. I've been parts of a small groups since then that like yes. the questions are like, how often were you in the word this week? Have you respected your husband this week? Like, have you told any <laughs> lies? Like these questions <laughs> where I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> oh, I guess. Dude. I guess it just, to me, that's so easy to manipulate and evade. Like, and not even, not even because you're trying to, but just because you almost just go on like autopilot. And even if you're doing all of those things, that is no guarantee that you're actually being intimate with the Lord and you can do those things and check the boxes and just miss it totally. And so I like even... Hearing you talk about your experience... growing with the Lord, like those are the things that keep me accountable. And I think Mm -hmm. of um, there's a verse in Hebrews about spurring one another on in good works. And Mm -hmm. and that's how I'm held accountable is by looking at how the Lord is moving in vibrant and um, current ways in other believers' lives. And it makes me be like, right, like, yes, and I have access to that as well. And I it's like if I see my husband doing like really fun things, I'm like, I would also like to be invited. Thank totally. you. Um, <laughs> yeah, <if I'm> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And That's I so good. think, I think like that spurring on as I'm trying to really, I'm moving into the season. So I'm 33. So, you know, a half a, half a skip down the road from you age wise. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to look at Mentoring and discipling women who are younger than me for the first time in a way that I actually have a little bit of life experience now, and it's not that the Lord doesn't um, bless that when you're younger. It's just I feel like I've, I mean, I didn't even know what what it was like to be at the end of myself when I was twenty or whatever, and so Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to think as um, I think of these things in more corporate or organizational structures. Like what does it mm-hmm. look like? Like you said, church is hard to execute well. It just is. And I I think that'll yeah. be the first question I ask the Lord maybe. Um when when I get to him like why I thought this totally. was like <laughs> your bride. I don't understand why <laughs> totally. we, why do we struggle yeah. to get it right? Um Right. But I'm just starting to think of like what are some ways that this is fleshed out? In a way that is edifying and where we grow rather than wither and where we feel built up rather than torn down. And so I'm always interested to hear. And I feel like even just listening to you talk, I hope that that is um, kind of like a really sweet and kind way of holding... um, the women who are listening Mm -hmm. to this accountable, Mm -hmm. like, look, look at what the Lord can do, look at, and Mm -hmm. not even do in a production sense. Like, I think our generation loves to be productive and probably just Americans in general. Yes. But we, we see every output as fruit. And I just don't know that everything we put out is actually good fruit from the Lord. I agree. And so I even just, like, you have to, as somebody who is in front of other people talking about Jesus, and so this would be, like, pastors, anybody who's, who vocationally or non-vocationally does this, um, you have to really hold yourself accountable to not pursuing the Lord for a product, and I don't mean, like, a product, like, something you're going to sell, but anything you're going to produce. Right, Um, right. And so that's something that I just feel super passionately about, that we're actually— That's amazing. We're actually intimate with the one that created us and not this, like you said, counterfeit sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so amazing. Good. So good. Um, <laughs> what is one, one thing that kind of changed the way that you viewed the Lord? Is there anything you can think of off the top of your head? And this will be the last you question, know, so don't yes,
1: stress. Yes, I do. Um, I think the one thing that changed the way I viewed the Lord, whew, that is a loaded question. It is. It's so big. Um, you know, I think the main thing, it, when I was, uh, when my my husband and I just started dating, my mom got diagnosed with uh, leukemia for the second time, and no, they didn't think she was going to beat it. It was crazy, and she wasn't supposed to beat it the first time. But um, I watched my like my husband laid hands on her she was fully um like all of her organs had shut down they didn't think she was going to make it till the next morning and it it was this whole just intense intense situation and um I remember watching my husband pray for my mom and then the next day her kidneys started to come back like watching God radically heal my mom Mm -hmm. and then since then have seen so many like actual healings I think that's the biggest thing that's changed my view of the Lord is that like his hand is fully still healing. Like sometimes, I I don't know. And, and, you know, we hear about it and we see about it, but there's been this new thing in me where when I see it in my own eyes, when I like, and I haven't ever prayed for anyone and seen their blind eyes open, but I really, really believe that it's going to happen someday. Like that's my biggest thing right now that I feel like has changed my view of the Lord is that he really, like he, in all sense, he is who he says he is. But that he still heals, yeah. it, it blows my mind. Even just this yeah. morning, it's just like literally reading in the gospel after gospel. Like, and it's not me trying to create this little tiny like hope sentence just because my son has, uh, you know, this illness. It's actually even before my son came along. Like, that is the greatest truth I know is that God still heals. And like, I don't care if it's a headache. I don't care if it's cancer. I don't care if it's a bad attitude in my own mind or yeah insecurity in my own mind. Like he is so intricately healing still. And, um, it's kind of like my, it's like, literally it's, it's my kryptonite when I fall back on like, you know, he's, he's good and he's faithful. But my biggest thing that I hold so tight to me is that he heals, he heals, he heals. He's healed my marriage. He's healed my friendships, like in everything. Nothing cannot be healed. Like he is fully capable. So yeah, um, that's kind of <laughs> that's the thing that I always stand on. That just really, um, and you know, sometimes it's not as easy as yeah. You know, I can say it on a podcast, and I can claim it and declare it and all this. But you know, sometimes it's hard to remind myself of that. Yeah, and um, that's just we're coming in with community. That's we're coming in with like you said, accountability and all of those. That's where it's like okay. They help me get my mind back on track. They help remind me. They help, you know, the word will bring me back to, oh my gosh, this. And so kind of full circle.
0: That is full circle right there, E.B. Woof, you challenge me, you call me up, you spur me on. Thank you for the way that you believe well of God. On the next episode of Walk the Walk, I'm talking to my fellow boy mom friend, Ruth Simons. She has two more boys than I do, which I find incredible considering the noise and the chaos that inhabits my house. (laughs) I've gotten to spend some time with Ruth in the flesh over the years, and she is A, the real deal, and B, just a total joy. She's kind, she's super thoughtful, and she follows the Lord so closely. She just really moves me to move closer to God. I hope you'll listen in. If you want to help this podcast find its audience, I'd be so grateful if you'd share it with your friends and if you'd take a minute to leave a kind review on iTunes. Those reviews really mean a lot to me, and for whatever reason, they mean a lot to the internet powers that be as well.
1: Check back next Monday for the next episode of Walk the Walk.